0: When you're forced to have to adapt, sometimes you create such beautiful art because you have to create something different than what people are expecting.
1: Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled and why they're proud to be themselves. Hello, 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 mum. Welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm really looking forward to this chat because I think I look forward to every chat I have, but I'm really looking forward to this one because I think it's going to be super interesting. Um yeah, I'm so glad that we've like made the time to do this as well because we've like missed each other so many times. Like
0: now it's finally like here. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yes, and I mean, that's the reality of disability, right? Sometimes it just has, you know, it just continues on. I feel like a lot of the time when I plan things, it just gets pushed off. But eventually we get there. And when we get there, we're just like, hey, it was amazing. And you know, it was worth it. Um, So I'm really happy that it worked out today.
1: Yeah, me too. So the first question that I ask absolutely every guest is, how do you refer to your own disability?
0: So, okay. In terms of disability, I would say I experienced chronic pain at the age of 16. I'm now 22. And so it took me a while to even realize I related to disability as a concept. Yeah. Um, And basically the community, connecting with them online, I started noticing people that are chronically ill. You know, I learned that some of them, consider themselves dynamically disabled so that's kind of how I started um connecting with the term it's like yeah. okay like yeah sometimes I'm disabled right sometimes I can do things sometimes I can't mm-hmm. um sometimes I am able to do more other times I'm not and so I was like okay maybe I do relate to this a little bit yeah. um and for me that looks like having chronic fatigue chronic migraine a lot of those things are more debilitating than people realize and they yeah. really do make me disabled yeah. I Shut down completely. I'm not able to take a lot of different sensations and senses, and just overstimulation is really hard. Uh But then also, I have so much chronic pain that things can be physically disabling for me as well. Um, I recently have been talked to about EDS, and so my joints dislocating is very disabling for me. I cannot move. Sometimes I cannot move. Like I was just telling my mom a second ago, like, sometimes you're just on the toilet and your hip subluxes. And it's like, that is not a comfortable thing. That is not something everyone's going to relate to. But I'm like, oh my goodness, like this task that is so simple for people, mm-hmm. for me, it, it was like, I'm stuck here for a bit, you know? And so disability, I guess for me, it looks like pain, um, chronic illness. And I guess even just a lot of just trauma from all of it altogether can be really disabling. Medical trauma, you know, trauma from having chronic pain and just the experience of it and developing it and how the body changes and how the mind changes. I think that's what disability is for me. Yeah. And it's so
1: interesting that you bring up medical trauma and and medical gaslighting in particular, because I think that's something that If you're not really a part of the disabled community or it's not necessarily in your sphere, it's not something that you really understand all that well because I know I know of so many disabled people who have such horrendous medical gaslighting stories that it's actually quite scary. And particularly knows them. (laughs) Yeah. Particularly surrounding chronic illness, because I think it's something that you can't physically see. So like you can't, you know, it's not like your skin turns green or like you breathe out purple air, like you can't see it. So therefore,
0: yeah, it's so unknown. I would say it's so hard because even the reason why you're gaslit is because a lot of it is unseen. It's not there because you can't see it, which isn't true. But you're told that over and over and over and you start to believe it. And that is so harmful because then you start to feel like, oh, I'm not able to do these things and it's my fault, I'm not trying hard enough, I'm failing this or whatever. And when you realize that, oh, I'm disabled, it almost makes, for me, it made it like, it made me accept it, it made me, it was difficult, but I was like, you know, if that is the case, then I can be kinder to myself because this is the situation, I can learn how to accommodate it, I can learn how to get disabled parking, all these different things since i can't walk very far because i have fatigue because i have chronic pain all these things mm-hmm. and rather than pushing myself because doctors told me that like i should i learned that you know being disabled is not a bad thing disability is not a bad word and i think that once you start to like process that you it's easier to be kinder to yourself about not being able to do things and about having those struggles because when doctors are telling you that you should be fine and you realize that you're just not, it's almost like a relief in a way that that you don't have to try and do something that's impossible.
1: Yeah, completely. And, And for you, you said that your chronic pain started at about 16. And I always think, you know, that's such a formative age and what was it like for you at that age cuz if you were in the uk you'd be doing like big exams that would like then lead on to yeah. like college and all that kind of stuff and i know that in america yeah. it's, it's kind of similar so what was that like, like you? what was that what was that like for you at that age
0: for me i was in my second year of high school mm-hmm. so um i guess that would be 10th grade for us
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and the year after that is the year you start taking SATs and the year after that yeah. is when you start applying for colleges so it was the year before everything started kind of yeah um, and the second semester like in February of that year that school year I just got pains out of nowhere and I didn't know what happened and by the end of the day, I could not move. So I ended up not being able to attend school. I ended up not being able to do the work because I could not move even to do the work. Yeah, um, It was very severe and I had no idea what to do because there was no sign of it. You could not yeah. see it. You could not you didn't know what happened. Like when people asked me why I had crutches, I was, I was so confused. It's like, okay, well, I'm in pain. What happened? I do not know. It's so difficult to explain that. And as soon as I realized that that was going to be my reality, it was hard for me to process and accept it, but also hard for everyone else to understand. And it felt really lonely. And so when I wasn't in school, I actually spent that time just going to the doctor all the time, trying to find the right doctors, trying to find the right treatments. And Come the next fall I started to go back, but I was barely there because I was still so sick and I had to, you know, kind of um go to appointments so much that I missed a lot of school. Yeah. And when I wasn't able to go at all, I would get behind. And so I ended up not being able to take the SITs or go to college. I still haven't gone to college just because I've had to learn how to, you know, navigate this whole change. Yeah. And I barely graduated high school because I was so behind. I had to catch up on like three years of school mm-hmm. in two because I wasn't able to for a while. I, I had to do it all at the end. I crammed it and yeah. then I had to just graduate and they passed me and they were like, you know what? We know that you've tried your best. And I used to feel so bad about it because I couldn't get the best grades. I couldn't do my best because I didn't have, I was just so chronically ill and so disabled and i i didn't know it i didn't yeah. know what was happening and so after i graduated everyone was talking about the next step and i was just like i just need to breathe yeah. you know and i didn't realize it until i made it i was like oh my gosh like i've been just trying to go 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 and now i'm there and i don't want to keep doing that i think i need to stop for a little bit yeah and everyone was like you know Why, like, are you going to be behind? You know, all that. And I think it was the best decision for me. Mm -hmm. This is like five years later. My friends all just graduated from undergrad last year. Yeah. Um, And it feels like confusing and difficult and lonely knowing that we're on different paths. But I feel like I'm on the right one for me because Mm -hmm. I've learned so much more about taking care of myself, navigating this, the healthcare. insurance and everything. And I've learned so many skills. Unfortunately, I had to because of my situation, but it has led me to now. I feel like I'm able to speak and like stand up for myself and advocate for like things more because I know I had to, and now I want to. And so I think that a lot of that, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult being a Mm. teen and an adolescent Experiencing pain and illness because everyone expects you to be fine when you're young. Yeah, and for you to get better And that was the biggest struggle And I think once I realized that that was not my reality and connected with other people it made it a lot easier It's still difficult, but I would say That my high school experience was not normal (laughs) Yeah, it was not you know, and I don't really remember it honestly because I just was not well um but I did get through it, and I think that I'm really grateful for the staff and the teachers that really got me through with the accommodations I had mm-hmm. and helped me because it is hard to navigate high school in general at, yeah. as a teen, But I feel like that was just another... Just like another like, layer on
1: top of it, really, for me to, it. Yeah.
0: Another thing for me to like have to navigate when I hadn't even learned the first thing I was like, oh, it's just thrown on. I'm like, okay, I guess yeah. I have to deal with this now. <laughs> yeah. And I think
1: what you say is so interesting is that
0: you knew that you needed to take
1: a break for yourself, even though that meant being on a different path from like your friends around you. And, and now, you know, like you said, like your friends are yeah. graduating from undergrad. My and, and body forced your me out. to.
0: Yeah, you like you took your time got out to the you... point where I was so sick, yeah, I couldn't go to college because I wasn't well enough to be able to even go or take a class or anything, even from home, I just didn't have the capacity. So I was like, okay, if I choose to go now, I'm just gonna feel horrible and know that it's not the right time. So, why don't yeah. I take that time to take care of myself, learn these things? And some people still don't understand, but I feel like for me. It really has helped me. And I yeah. know that being disabled and being chronically ill, it's hard to navigate the system. Mm-hmm. And it it will be even if I get there in the future. But right now I need to kind of find those those little hacks and those little like tips that I can get to learn how to live in this world as a disabled yeah. person. Because it's really difficult, especially when it happens to you at the age where you're just learning how to navigate it, I didn't even yeah. get to have like the chance to drive, the chance to do any of those things. And so now it's like, I have to learn all those things as a different, in a different body almost. Yeah. So people often are like, oh, you know, but disabled people do drive. And I'm like, yes, that's true. But see, I got sick right at 16. So I never even got the chance to get the skills to learn how to drive. Yeah. So I have to do all of those new things at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, and I think it's, it's like being a teenager is just generally such a formative age, anyway. And like I, yes. you couldn't pay me enough money to go back and be a teenager, but like, you could, like you, could <laughs> like you couldn't pay me enough money. And I don't envy, I don't envy teenagers now. But I think it's oh, a no. really like brilliant thing that you like, even though you were kind of forced to take that time out, that like, you did do it because a lot of disabled people do try and keep up like it's we're, it's something we're renowned for and yeah. then we get you know shot down when we're like oh you know we hurt or like when we're a you bit take more a break tired and yeah. yeah and i think it's so like yeah. you know impressive for you that you were actually like no i need this time even though you know part and part of it was that your body said no but at the same time you're like actually i've just kind of got to accept this situation and kind of move forward with it because if i don't then well, i don't know where i'm going to be and it's maybe not necessarily the best place and so learning about like yeah. you know almost relearning yourself at that point in time which is an awkward time anyway is such a like commendable thing that yeah. you've done
0: thank you i feel like it was so complicated because every time i thought i was ready to go back Something else hit me, so I kept just realizing, like you know, maybe it's not that time. I'm working towards it, and then something else happens. I have to learn how to navigate that. You know, just different diagnoses, different treatments, all these different things you go through. Um, Maybe you become a little more disabled over time as your body grows, Mm -hmm. and you know, then the pandemic and everything else. It was just yeah, a lot to change, a lot of change, and a lot to navigate all at a time when you know from. I'm 22 and I was 16 when this started and that's all just kind of the years where you're just starting to learn how to yeah. kind of work in this world. So it's been really nothing that I thought it would be like to at this age. But at the same time, I think that um it's a lot it's it's been a lot of grieving. Yeah. It's been a lot of just, you know, acceptance and grief and just feeling all those hard things, you know, being upset that yeah. you know, it's so hard, it just, it's not a pretty reality sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just being stuck in bed and not being able to shower for like a month. And that's just not something I'm proud of, not something I was able to share with before, share with people before, because, yeah. you know, hygiene is like, looked at as so important and it, it is, but there's also a privilege in being able to take care of yourself. And when you're disabled, uh-huh. sometimes you don't have that in, yeah. For
1: you, what was it like at that age, like finding a community of people who were like you? Because like you yeah. said, you know, you you didn't go to like college. And so therefore you had to find a different community elsewhere. And I'm, you know, completely assuming that you found one online, but yes. how was that for you? And like, was was finding that community something that really helped you and like helped you foster your relationship with disability?
0: I would say yes to all of that. Um, (laughs) So for me, I found the community while I was still in high school, but was not, I did not have the words or the language or even the knowledge of what I was going through to be able to connect to them. But I related to what people were sharing and just kind of started to like follow and just follow along people's journeys and what they shared yeah. and kind of feel less alone from afar and i would say in march like february 2021 um last year i kind of started to share myself it had been like 5 years of me dealing with it and i was like you know i have a lot of information i think i can talk about it now and i feel like i need connection because it's just there's so much happening i've been Home alone and yeah. you know, everyone's at college and it's just it's really hard. And so, especially during the pandemic when lockdown happened, I think was the biggest thing for me. I, yeah, I
1: can imagine started
0: to talk to everyone because it just felt so isolating. And mm-hmm. as someone that's chronically ill, as someone who's vulnerable, I was terrified. And it was super yeah. ama- incredible and life saving to find people that understood that. And it's yeah. and to make friends with people. And I, I met my girlfriend in this community and like, I, it just has been such an amazing experience for me.
1: Uh And
0: like in the midst of everything, it's what keeps me going. It's what helps me through. And I think, um, I have been really just grateful for it. And I think a lot of people, you know, view it as it can be toxic. It can be, you know, trauma bonding, but you have to be careful about like how you connect with it. But I think that there are amazing ways to connect with people and to find resources and share that, what you learn with each other, because you can't find a lot of the stuff that we go through other places. And so within our own community, sharing tips and just information and like experiences with each other is so life-saving it saves energy it's just such a big it's such a big help more than anything else it's just a big help it makes me feel less alone it's just an it's like a community full of like love where you feel accepted as a disabled person while a lot of people maybe will say like they don't see you as one which can be really such Um, an awkward thing when people
1: say that isn't it it's so awkward it's just
0: it's like a backhanded compliment it's like yeah
1: exactly you're
0: pretty for a disabled person like you mean you're just pretty yeah (laughs) disabled people absolutely are pretty disabled people are hot disabled people are sexy you know and like I think that it was really empowering for me to see so many parts of the disabled community i Connected to the disabled dancers because I've done ballet since I was uh, little, and it I, I I missed dance so much, and it yeah. was difficult because as a dancer I felt like if I danced was I really disabled? And so finding uh-huh. the disabled dance community was so healing for me because I was able to learn that you know you can adapt, you can change movement, you can you know you don't have to be dancing the same way to be a dancer, as a movement you were able to do before. And I, for me, like my way I move changes. And so Uh dance has helped me with that. And I've been like blessed to be able to connect to a bunch of the people in the disabled dance community who are amazing creatives, you know? And I think that when you're forced to have to adapt, sometimes you create such beautiful art because you have to create something different than what people are expecting and you have to kind of figure out how to navigate movement and art in a way that is different and i used to see that as a bad thing but now it's like mm-hmm. that can be so beautiful that can be so you know healing and i think that disabled artists disabled models disabled everything like you could be anything and i think that like that is amazing to see um and not despite but with the disability with okay. it you know living with it and like modeling with your mobility aids like i i find that so empowering um you know just mm-hmm. the amazing things that people are doing speaking up and showing it is so big because representation just is so life-saving when you feel like you shouldn't yeah. be worthy of love or you just don't like yourself as that person and i think that so many of us go through that because of how ableist the community is Mm -hmm. just society in general you know
1: yeah and I you're very very right when you say that the representation that we have is is lacking it's sorely lacking because I know that when I was growing up um there was nobody that looked like me on tv or there was nobody that looked like me in a film or there was nobody like me you know, on a poster, in a girl band, as a singer, dancer, like it, it doesn't exist. And to an extent, it still doesn't really exist. we I mean, we're making some yeah. progress, but but not as quickly as we would like. So I think, what, you know, the disabled community it is so important that it's there for people to, to find and see other people who are like themselves and they can realise that then, like you said, they're not alone and it can really be life-saving yeah. and, and also life-changing because that's when people... Yes. I think the most important thing for this is that if you acquire your disability, nobody hands you a handbook that says you are now disabled. Welcome to the club. These are the rules. You don't get a handbook. You don't get, you know, you you don't really get any support and it's not. You don't even get told that
0: you are disabled. You have to find that on your own because nobody's going to encourage that either.
1: Exactly. Nobody's going to be like, well, now you're disabled. Like, Shit, luck for you, what you do now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just so much. And I think that when you look at how people view disability, it's so complicated because you don't realize until you're in the community how invisible it is, how people are so dismissive of that whole group of people. And I definitely had no idea. I mean, I had some idea, but it still was like a stereotypical view, I feel like, because of living with my grandma when I was little, who was disabled, who had like a form of dementia. But, yeah. you know, that's still, that's still that kind of view of someone old being disabled. Yeah. Someone, you know, who, you know, a look, a certain look. And even though no one called her disabled, I think now that I process it, like it helps me a lot. relate to her but people are Mm. like how can you possibly relate to her you're 22 and I'm like because disability doesn't discriminate anything it doesn't discriminate age doesn't discriminate anything race you know sexuality nothing and honestly a lot of those things are traumatic for people and they can cause you know disabilities to form and things like that into like, you know, and I, I find that a lot of people, I mean, that's why I made the amplify BIPOC disabled voices page. So, um, people could kind of, you know, relate to that because the community is really whitewashed. And I feel like as a person of color, as a South Asian person in the community, seeing other people and knowing other people Uh are out there is so important. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's really difficult because representation is the bare minimum. We're not even getting that in disability, let alone all the other things within disability, you know? If we are getting representation, it's like a person in a wheelchair and nobody knows their inventory and they don't think that exists.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's so true because disability is actually just an umbrella term and there isn't enough diversity within disability. So disability representation tends to be very much like almost, and I hate to say it, but it's almost like one size fits all when that's just not applicable across the board. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, the sign for disability in the UK and the US is the wheelchair, right? right? In the UK, I think it's something crazy, like only 2% of the disabled population is a wheelchair user. So it doesn't mean yeah, that it doesn't really apply to the think. masses. Like it doesn't apply to the masses no, at it all. Doesn't.
0: And it that's what's really so represent crazy. Us. Yeah, it's yeah, so crazy. I, I think that I think about that a lot too. Just because only recently did I start realizing I actually am a wheelchair user uh-huh. because I use it sometimes. I was like, wait, oh, I still I do use a wheelchair. It's like, oh, I use it, you know, when I go to the doctor's office because it's too many like flights or things for me to be able to walk and they don't have an elevator and stuff you know like I have to make sure that there's like a way that I can navigate the space yeah and I was like well I only use out wheelchairs at doctor's offices my friend goes not everyone uses wheelchairs at the doctor's office though and I was like oh yeah that's true (laughs) you know and like it's like we're so used to that view of disability even as disabled person people yeah we don't realize that we are ourselves even in more ways than one. Like I just got a shower too recently and I was like telling someone, they were like, Oh, I would feel so weird having one. And I was like, see, I did too. Yeah. But that's just because you think it's an old people thing. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Honestly, anyone could benefit from one. Yeah, And if you do need one, like I could pass out in the shower. I, it, it is to keep me safe. Yeah. Then I absolutely should. And it took me a long time to process and accept that. But yeah, it's not an old people thing.
1: No. Interestingly, I believe that through any form of hardship, if you can look back and view a positive attribute within yourself, it's kind of been worthwhile. And I was wondering through any of your hardship that you've gone through, have you noticed a positive attribute about yourself?
0: Yeah, I would say it's really difficult because I know that like a bunch of how people see disability is inspiration porn. So Uh I always say like the positives are a part of the experience. And like, Mm -hmm. I do feel like I've gotten to know myself because of disability more than anything else. Disability has taught me to be less of a perfectionist. It's taught me that you can enjoy art and be a part of things in a way that you would not expect you can have shaky hands and still put makeup on you can dance and still be sitting down you can you know and it's really I think so surprising to me because I've always been super insecure and just thought that I needed to be perfect and professional and all these things yeah to be a part and to look the part of these roles when really I guess it isn't like that it that's really ableist to think about that because then you're you're like leaving out a whole bunch of people right Uh you know if it's ableist if I mean if you need to speak properly for like an interview and you have a stutter or a speech impediment then that automatically is ableist if you consider them not able to speak well because they have a speech impediment, yeah. you know, and like exactly. disability is so much more complex than people think. And so for me, mm-hmm. the positive is for me is finding myself in disability. I think I've learned so much more about my identity through disability, through, you know, talking about disability, I've become more comfortable just speaking up for, yeah. you know, from being open about something that people can't see. It's been easier for me to come out yeah. and realize that I'm not straight, you know, different things like that. And within Uh the community, seeing those intersectionalities and those groups of people um, that I could relate to myself in because they're disabled and they're neurodivergent, they're disabled and they're this. And it's like, wait, I relate to them, but in multiple ways. And it Uh put together a lot of what I was without me knowing. Um, So disability really, I guess, made me feel like I lost my identity and then put it all back together again. (laughs) And like, I, yeah, I more so than I ever had it
1: yeah yeah and I that's not uncommon I don't think because I think once people really decide to start using the term disabled they realise that there's so much more behind it and like like as you said that there, there's so many intersectionalities with disability that a lot of people who are disabled do relate to and it's it's brilliant to have yeah. that representation there except it's not as widely seen as it should be yeah and that is like no i part and parcel of disability really and that's something that I think it's on the back foot we've kind of accepted whether or not that's right or wrong but we should be fighting for representation because of it
0: well I yeah I agree that I feel like your whole name of your podcast disabled and proud that's like disabled joy as a concept I feel like (laughs) you're proud in your disability but like it there's There's joy in this experience in the community, you know, connecting Mm -hmm. with people that relate to these things. It's like you experience joy because you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have to explain it to you. You just get it. Or, you know, I feel like I can be myself around you and I don't have to mask as like an able bodied person. You know, like it's Uh just super like relieving, I think. And you just realize you don't, I didn't know that until I experienced what comfort and what feeling like you belonged felt like because disability and love and joy and all those things exist in it too not just the pain not just everything and uh-huh. I feel like the representation of those things are also lacking which is why people don't think that they can have them yeah the disabled people themselves but also everyone else just is like oh I don't know how they date I don't know how they have families I don't know if they can have sex like all these different things and I'm just like It's because there's not those discussions and those representation of those things.
1: Yeah, that is so true. So
0: i I like to ask guests. I I'll I'll preface I'll preface
1: this. So I went out for dinner quite recently, and the waiter asked me if I wanted my food cut up because he didn't believe that I could cut my food up myself. And I was wondering, do you have like a set of questions, or has there been a particular question that people have asked you? That you're either like, oh, for goodness sake, not this again, or like, you just, you just like, no, not today. Like, I'm not in the mood to
0: answer this. I feel like the biggest one is just like people asking me if I'm better yet. <laughs> for goodness sake, <laughs> are you like, oh, like, are you better yet? Like, doctors, okay, no, doctors, after going through everything on my chart, after everything yeah. that they see. Asking me what else I'm doing in my life. I'm just like that. All of that. That's what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but are you in school? Are you like doing anything fun? I'm like, mostly I'm doing
1: exactly that. what I'm having to take right those meds.
0: I'm dealing with that pain. <laughs> Everything you just told, I just talked to you about for an hour. That's what my life is, <laughs> and it's just so confusing because it's like, do you think we have like, you know, do you think we have more hours than twenty four seven? Yeah. <laughs> for, our, for us, like, do you think we have more hours than 24 hours in a day? Because, or do you just think that those things take a lot less time than they actually do? Because, yeah, even just navigating it, it's so much just like meds and you know, going to appointments and uh-huh. booking the appointments and everything. And I feel like on the outside, I feel like the biggest one is just like, oh, you look better. Like, are you <sighs> like, you know, like when I get ready, when I leave, like, you're yeah. just like, oh, are you doing better? And just like, I mean, yes, the fact that I'm here and I'm usually not, there is a tiny chance that I'm a little bit, you know, able to leave the house. Yeah. Am I cured? Absolutely not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I feel like that's a very common one. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's definitely, I'm still thinking about the one you just told me. And I feel like one of the biggest ones is like how people assume you want help and they don't ask you or like how people uh-huh. will just push your wheelchair or ask you what happened
1: yeah it's so that's a uncomfortable big why
0: why are you asking us why do you feel like you we owe you our medical history yeah. when you would never want to tell us that information but you just almost dehumanize Expect us and now that you think you deserve that yeah it's so odd I just have never gotten over that i have like Why are you as a stranger so you like you either want to like fix it or you're just like fascinated and you're like, what happened? And it's like that can be traumatic. That can be just so many things. And I'm like, you don't want someone, I would never want someone to have to go into that, you know. And as a stranger, I have absolutely no right to ask that question and to have that information. It's so strange. Like, I have a hard time saying it to my doctors, let alone a stranger. (laughs) I just like. Uh, what is going on
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah I think yeah. you know that's very bang on is a, a lot of when and I think the reason I like asking these questions is because people who listen to this who are not necessarily disabled or they're newly disabled or you know they know nothing about yeah. disability maybe they want to learn is how absurd these questions can be to disabled people but like from the outside yeah. If you weren't disabled, you wouldn't, nas- you wouldn't really think about it too much. But then like being on the other side of the coin, you're like, please realize that why these questions that okay? are actually <laughs> genuinely bizarre. Like these are weird. Like,
0: <laughs> And that's they're why I so, like Yeah. Them. And like the fact that they feel so comfortable. Yeah. And I think it's great because when you ask those questions, they have to think. And yeah. people don't usually feel like they have to think because they're asking us. It's like what if we just went around and asked them what happened? Like, they just happened to be doing something. I don't know what this would be in non-disabled terms. What would it be like? I'm trying to think of something really opposite, basically. But it's like, so why do you, why are you never home? Yeah, or it'd be like,
1: why do you have
0: ginger hair? like, Like, yeah, like, why, like, what is the reason you feel so comfortable to, you know, talk about, the pandemic in such, you know, just like all those questions that they ask us, but flipped. And I feel like they can't even tell until they feel how horrible it is. And I don't even think they can because they have the privilege of not having to be asked those questions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I I like I completely understand that. I only have one more question for you. And that is Yeah, are you can you say like, do you believe that you are disabled and proud?
0: I would say overall, I'm disabled and proud. I think it's a very complex relationship, but I am proud of my community. I'm proud of, you know, what I've learned and I'm proud of what disability has taught me and shown me about myself. But I also think that, completely understandable to not be proud of these things because sometimes it's just hard and I'm proud that sometimes disability is not something I'm like just super glad about too because sometimes I'm proud that I can feel horrible about it and just know that that's okay because sometimes like you said those questions they're just weird and you're just like this doesn't (laughs) feel good I don't feel very proud of it right now but that's part of the experience. I think it's taught me to be proud. Um, So I'm proud of the overall, like I'm proud of disability and I'm proud of being disabled. And I think that that's because it's shown me who I am. Uh That does not mean that disability is not difficult. And sometimes I just like, don't want to deal with it. And you know, everyone goes through that. So it's both. But I, said, I would say overall, I think that there is a lot more to be proud of than I felt in the beginning.
1: Oh, Thank you <laughs> so much for coming on today. I really enjoyed this because we've spoken so much about representation yes. and like I just think it's been really, really great. And like, thank you for making the time to come on today. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.